On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about how a Bitcoin investment that I didn't make in 2013 can teach us all a lesson about the importance of taking action. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 94 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Right, hello. Hope you're well. Hope you've had a good week. Um, It's been a fairly uneventful week for me, I'll be honest. Been back in Corby since Saturday, Sunday. I can't actually remember which day since the weekend. Uh, And since then, to be honest, I've just been working, sat in this room, not doing a whole lot else. Uh, I think I said on one of these episodes towards the end of September that between then and Christmas would basically be like monk mode no plans, nothing really to do, just kind of working in and on the business, making some progress, focusing on things which need focus, uh, and kind of, I wouldn't even say social life taking a back seat, but more just embracing the fact that right now there are no social plans, right? Summer's gone, there are no gigs on, I'm not going anywhere. Um, So just kind of leaning into the fact that I have more time to do more, because inevitably, you know, seven or eight months from now, summer next year, hopefully when we're all out there living our normal lives, um, I want more time to not work. And so it's almost playing catch up in reverse now by doing things to put the business in a stronger position for then so that when I want that freedom, when I call on it, it's there. Um, So yeah, things have been busy and uneventful. Uh, But because of that, I think yesterday for me personally was a bit of a burnout day. It was one of those days where, uh, even from when I woke up, to be honest, I was woken up by thunder, which I don't think that's ever happened. I was saying to my brother yesterday that whenever it's like thunder and lightning, typically, and I don't know why, and I don't know if this is true or just anecdotally true, but it always feels like thunderstorms happen in like the evening or at nighttime. And so it was, I didn't know what the time was at the time, but I was lying in bed half asleep curtains closed so my room was pitch black and the longest loudest rumble of thunder I've heard in years woke me up and I thought what the fuck is that and then I kind of clocked I'm like okay it must be thunder so I get out of bed I walk across the room I grab my phone and I'm thinking you know what I feel fucked so I'm glad that it's only like 4am or 5am based on how dark it is in here I'm going to grab my phone check the time go back to sleep for a few hours I looked at my phone and it was nine minutes away from when my alarm was going to go off. And I was like, shit. So that was already a bad start because I was feeling really rough, really tired at the beginning of the day. And then I just kind of sat here for the day. And don't get me wrong, I got a few hours worth of work done, but everything just felt like a lot of effort. Um, And you know those days when you just, you have the self-awareness to know that you're not operating at 100% and that everything's a bit of a struggle and that you just want to get done the bare minimum. It's kind of one of those days, but as a result, uh, it 
it put more pressure on today because there is a lot that I need to get done this week. And so um, I took a leaf out of the book that I've spoken about a few times in the past of like the activities that I know help reset me and help me get out of a rut before it happens. Uh, And the most obvious one is that literally I hadn't left the house since Sunday night because it's been chucking it down. It's been miserable weather. I don't yet have the new car, so it's not even like I could drive anywhere. So I had nothing to do and nowhere to go other than sitting in here and working. And I think that by the time I got to day three of that, with literally no fresh air, no natural sunlight, no real movement, I think more than anything, it wasn't even a a physical, sorry, a mental barrier, so to speak. I think it was more physical. I think it was more just my body getting, I don't know, like cabin fever, for want of a better word. And so literally this morning, didn't set an alarm, got a good sleep, woke up when my body wanted to wake up, um, because fortunately today had no meetings or calls. And then I went on a walk for a couple of miles this morning, grabbed a coffee, walked back, uh, and then just kind of eased into the day that way. Um, And it helped, it worked. Today has been productive. The time is currently 7pm. I'm just about to wrap up um, working once I finish this podcast. So I'll probably be done today by about 8pm, which sounds late, but bear in mind, I didn't really start working today until like midday, just gone midday. So it's a standard eight hour day, just kind of on my own terms. Um, And it's just, it's good to know that those things that I talk about quite often about how to get out of a rut work, right? From like normal, busy businessness to lockdowns, to dips, to issues, to seasonal peaks like we're in right now. I kind of had this little list in the back of my mind of things that I know that I can do that nine times out of 10 will help me almost reset and ground myself to a point where I can just kind of start again and get on with things. Uh, And I had to do that this week I had to do that today and it worked and it seems like we're back on the right track um but yeah I just thought I'd mention it because it's definitely something I've spoken about on here before and then I think the only other eventful thing that happened this week and this will only be eventful for a very niche group of people listening to this but stick with me here because this story is actually nothing to do with bitcoin but bitcoin yesterday of course hit its new all-time high price I believe its previous all-time high was like $64,800 and yesterday it was in the mid 66,000s so that was quite significant in the sense that I mean it's been through lots of ups and downs lots of turbulence in the last few months Uh, and personally I've made a very small amount of money from it basically on the back of Peter Watson messaging me one day and saying Bitcoin's very low, buy some. So I did. And then the price went a bit lower. So I bought a bit more and lower still. So I bought a bit more and then the price started to climb. So I stopped buying and um, yeah, don't think I'm going to sell anytime soon. A, because from the very little I understand about Bitcoin and on the back of Peter's continued advice, I don't think it's going to dip crash dramatically and even if it does it will get higher than it is right now in my opinion so I see no reason to sell right now but this new high of bitcoin had me wondering right because I thought I wonder if I've ever spoken about bitcoin before because it's only something that I've really paid attention to for the last few months since I had some skin in the game so I opened twitter and I did a twitter search and I literally just searched for my username 
plus the word Bitcoin. And then I did like chronological so I could see my recent tweets about buying it and this and that. And then I got to the end of the tweets and it was something from 2013. Actually, there were two things from 2013. The first is that back in the Magnate days, we had a columnist and they wrote an article about Bitcoin. And I'm like, huh, that's novel. The fact that we even knew what Bitcoin was back in 2013. And then the second was a thread uh, between Lewis Porter and I, uh, in which, I mean, I can't even remember what we were actually talking about, but it was back in the days when you would just have public conversations on Twitter back in those days. And um, so we're talking about the, I guess, the pros and or cons of people back then purchasing Bitcoin, or as I was calling it, Bitcoins, um, as an investment. And I essentially made the point in one of these tweets that, look, it might seem like a bad investment to some, but people bought Bitcoin when it was $1 a few months before that tweet and they were at the time selling it for $50 a coin. And I'm saying that, you know, this might not seem like an investment, but people are buying. So those who bought really low are able to sell and they're able to liquidate and get at the time masses of cash out, right? And I'm like, shit, like that's quite significant that in 2013, I was saying good things about Bitcoin. But there's something really crucial about that, which is I did nothing about it, right? It's all well and good saying, oh, I tweeted about this thing, but I did nothing about it. I didn't buy it. So I made absolutely no financial gain or really any gain based on that opinion. And so I did the maths, right? I did the maths of what would happen if the amount of cash that I put into Bitcoin in June this year, what would happen if I'd put that same amount of cash in, in 2013, on the day of that tweet? How much would my investment be worth right now? And the answer is mental. If I had put that same amount of money in on the day of that 2013 tweet, which of course I didn't, that Bitcoin today, if I hadn't sold, if I'd hold on, would be worth $1.6 million. Now, of course, needless to say, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't buy the Bitcoin, didn't believe in it enough, didn't know enough about it. I didn't take action right. And I think there's kind of a lesson in here, which, like I said a minute ago, is actually nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's actually a lesson to do with action, right? It's so easy to go through life falling into the trap of getting stuck in recurring thought patterns where you think, oh, I could have done that thing or I should have done that thing, right? It's almost the every single piece of regret that everybody has typically starts with one of two combinations of words. It's either I could have or I should have or I wish I had, you know, that's generally the theme of people having regrets. Um, but just in the same way that it's way too easy to pat yourself on the back and take credit and uh, talk publicly about things that you're going to do, I think it's way too easy to talk about things that you could have done and expect to get some sort of congratulations based on it, right? The business that you could have started, the relationship that you could have been in, that time when you could have quit your job to go into something that you actually enjoy, something that you actually find happiness and fulfillment from, that house that if you had just saved a bit more, you could have bought, or that brave decision that you could have made. But if you didn't do it, you didn't do it. 
It makes no difference. It's binary. You either do something or you don't. You either take action or you don't. You either get the benefit or you don't, right? Could means nothing. Inaction is worthless. It is worth absolutely nothing. And in this example, it's worth nothing in a literal sense, right? That $1.6 million of imaginary hypothetical past tense money obviously doesn't exist. It's obviously not in my bank. And when we talk about it in the uh, the realm of finance and money, it's really easy to grasp, a really easy to understand concept, right? If you do make an investment financially, you do potentially get the upside over the years. If you don't, you don't. And yet we seem to have a disconnect when it comes to investing in ourselves non-tangibly when it comes to taking action, when it comes to betting on ourselves, when it has nothing to do with money, when it comes to do with developing your personality or changing a habit or really taking hold of a lifestyle change or learning something new or developing a skill. They're just the same. You either do the thing and get the reward from the investment or you don't, but you can't say I could have or I should have or I almost did because it means nothing, right? And this whole story isn't me pretending that I almost bought Bitcoin back in 2013 because frankly, I didn't. I was nowhere near buying it because I didn't believe in it. I didn't understand it then. And truthfully, and I was having this conversation with Peter yesterday, I hardly understand it now. I mean, I just take advice from him where he's like, this is a decent investment. I'm like, okay, cool. But my point is that only when you take action do things happen. And so the sooner you take action, the sooner you commit to something, the longer you have to benefit from the powers of compounding interest, right? The however many thousand percent interest that you would have gained on Bitcoin over the past eight years is no different to the compounding effects of a lifestyle change or a habit or a decision that you make over eight years. If you do something every day for eight years, you become a fundamentally different person. Your life goes in a fundamentally different direction. And if you don't, you don't. And so it might be too late for you to buy into Bitcoin and make massive returns. But it's never too late for you to commit to something in life and take the massive returns that come from taking that action. And I think that's everything, to be honest. A bit of a short one today. I've also had a popped ear for the whole of this episode, which hasn't been helpful. It's been very off-putting. Um, I think the only other thing to say is that we're very close now to episode number 100. And kind of like what I spoke about last week, where when I get to episode 100, it's not going to feel like a milestone. It's just going to feel like another week and another episode. Even with that said, I think it'd be quite nice to do something to market, to just kind of reflect on having sat here and recorded almost a diary for 100 weeks have documented my thoughts for a hundred weeks so I don't know what to do it'd be nice to market with something if you do have any ideas if you have any thoughts let me know all the usual places you know how to get in touch uh, it'd just be interesting to do something we're like six weeks away now and um, it's something that is suddenly on my radar to start thinking about but in the meantime thank you as always for listening hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week episode number 95 of life and lessons
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.